0: while, driving you crazy, they're keeping you up all night long, you better turn on your radio, I love the John Roman Show, because I said so. Hello and welcome, or welcome back as the case may be, to Because I... John Roseman, your host, because I said so. Yes, this is the one and only soul podcast on the entire World Wide Web, where you will hear the truth about psychology and the mental health professions in America from a psychologist, moi. Who is licensed by the North Carolina Psychology Board? Who regrets the day they ever gave me a license? If you're a returning listener, you already know that. And you know why that is. If you're a brand new listener, you will find out. Uh, For more information, you can go to either of my websites, johnrosemond.com or parentguru.com. And I also have a weekly substack that you can find at substack.com. All of it's fascinating, of course. When in the early years of my career as parent guru to the stars, as I began coming to grips with the realities of a child's nature and the need for firm discipline, I coined the term benevolent dictator or dictatorship to describe the ideal parent attitude. Well, perhaps I was not the first person to use the term, but I was certainly the first person to use the term in a child-rearing context. Children needed parents caregivers who were benevolent dictators, I said, as often as I could be heard through my nationally syndicated newspaper column, my talks, later my books, loving authority figures I'm talking about, who enforced their instructions and their rules, who meant exactly what they said and stood ready to enforce what they said. Well, this was the late 1970s, early 80s. Psychological parenting propaganda filled the air, filled the airways, and filled the shelves of bookstores. It also filled the heads of parents, teachers, and even pediatricians. Two fantasies formed the centerpiece of this propaganda. And by the way, you're hearing my dog bark. If you occasionally during this podcast hear a dog bark, it is my dog. And my dog is a toy schnauzer, seven and a half approximately on any given day schnauzer. And um, uh, her name is Hannah and she is a little over two years old. And she is a puppy, as are all schnauzers until they're about five or six. And um, the small ones, that is, the small ones, the minis and the miniatures and the micros and the toys. Uh, But anyway, my only alternative is to uh, lock Hannah behind a door Uh, (laughs) while I do this podcast. And... uh, uh, I just am not going to do that. So occasionally, you may hear Hannah bark. Uh, she identifies as a Doberman Pinscher and um, believes that her job is to protect us. <laughs> so uh, it's just the way it is. Uh, anyway, two fantasies uh, form the center of this psychological parenting propaganda. The first being that children were inherently good. Cue the laugh track, please. Secondly, that even young children could be reasoned with. Again, cue the laugh track. I was fighting City Hall. I was swimming against a rising tide. I was trying to stop a flood. With the fly swatter around this same time. I spoke at a preschool in Charlotte, North Carolina, and brought the parents gathered there. The good news, the benevolent dictatorship. Afterwards, the director of the preschool informed me that she had she known, had she known, had I known, John that I was going to tell parents to lord it over their children, she would not have invited me into her territory. (laughs) Uh, Had I told parents to lord it over their children? No, I had not, at least not in the sense in which she meant it. I had told them to insist upon obedience from their children Research had already shown that obedience and happiness went hand in hand. The more obedient the child, the higher the child scored on scales of uh, self-contentment. And uh, certainly, by the way, obedient children are a blessing to their parents, by the way. They are a blessing to their parents, but you should want your child to be obedient, not because it makes your job easier, but because obedience is in your child's best interest. A person who willingly submits to legitimate authority, no matter how old the person is, or the nature of the authority in question whether it's military, corporate, educational, or the authority of a parent. A person who willingly submits to legitimate authority is much better off. Oh, I should include God in that list. A person who willingly submits to legitimate authority, corporate, military, educational, parental, God, Is much better off in every respect than a person who does not. We even have words for people who refuse to submit to legitimate authority. Sociopath is one of them. In another sense, however, I had told the parents of that preschool to lord it over their children. Indeed, parents should act like lords of the manor. You've probably seen Downton Abbey. You've seen how the lord of the manor, Lord Robert Crawley, Lord Robert Crawley, is portrayed. He's not a raving lunatic who beats his household staff with a cane if they do not please him. Charles Dickens has been dead for over a hundred years, Folks, Lord Crawley is compassionate, understanding, patient, and all those sorts of good things, but he expects his staff to do what is expected of them without being micromanaged and no less and that pretty much describes a good parent he or she is compassionate understanding. Patient, etc., but also expects his children, her children, to do what is expected of them and do it properly and no less. And folks, that defines a benevolent dictator. That Charlotte preschool director had her head in the clouds when it came to children, as unfortunately many preschool people do. She idealized children. She regarded them romantically. She was convinced that children were good by nature and that they only did bad things because they didn't know any better. Cue the laugh track, please. My message to her parent community that fateful evening grated against her fantasies, and when she approached me afterwards, She was on the edge of being furious. John, had I known that you were going to come here and tell my parents to be, to lord it over their children, I would not have invited you here. Okay, all right. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad tidings, folks, but children are not good by nature. Human beings are are not good by nature. They are not good congenitally. They do not come into the world, you know, with little halos above their heads. I'm going to prove that to you in one short sentence. One. Count it. Here it is. You do not have to teach a child to be bad. You do not have to teach a child to be bad. Bad comes naturally to a child because human beings are bad by by virtue of their nature. They are inherently, congenitally, from the get-go, bad. You must teach a child to be good. In fact, you must first force a child to stop being bad before you can teach the child to be good. And when I use the term force, folks, it's another word that the parenting left uh, just abhors, it drives them up a wall, force. That's the truth. You have to force a child to stop being bad before you can teach the child to be good. But I'm not talking about spankings or any other sort of physical stuff. We have to force with the force of your personality and the force of your commitment to the child and the force of your purposefulness in this child's life and the force of your confidence in the legitimacy of your authority. You must force a child to stop being bad before you can teach the child to be good. Well, the Charlotte preschool director and people like her think that in saying such things about children, the truth about children, that is, I reveal that I do not like children. No, that's the way those people think. If I think children are bad by nature, I must not like them. That's how they think. Which is, I hope I don't really need to say this, that's absolutely absurd, that if I think children are bad by nature, I don't like them? I don't like some of the things they do, and some children are more likable than others but as a group, I do not dislike children. I, yeah, I mean, it almost sounds trite. I like children. (laughs) I mean, even that sounds trite and absurd, but I do. I like children. I like being around them. I like, you know, goofing around with them because they're goofy and, and, uh, And yours truly is kind of goofy at the age of 76. I've been goofy all my life. And as the inimitable Van Morrison has said, it's too late to stop now. Well, back to children and misbehavior and proper discipline. It is a mistake and a big one at that to allow a child to get away with bad behavior. Letting a child get away with bad behavior, making excuses for him like, oh, he's only two, or, oh, he didn't really mean It's like kicking a snowball downhill. Yes, children are impulsive, but when they do bad things, it's not an accident. It's purposeful. And if you don't Understand that, then you're going to kick a snowball downhill and the snowball will quickly become an avalanche. You have to nip bad behavior in the bud. Your great grandmother said that. It was the truth. You must let a child know early on bad behavior won't be tolerated. I'm not talking about jumping up and down, screaming and yelling. That person, that sort of parent's a nutcase. By the way, I've been there, done that. Uh, You know, many, many years ago, many, many years ago, uh, I let the frustration of my children's uh, misbehavior get to me at times, and I would jump up and down and act like a maniac. But then I realized, no, I have to be the adult in the room. And please, please don't tell me. I have so many women. They come up to me and they go, "John, I'm I'm a yeller. You're a yeller. <laughs> what does that mean? I mean, like you have some yelling gene. You know, some yelling biochemical. You, you you need a you need a pill because of your yelling. What does that mean? You're not a yeller. Just resolve to be the adult in the room. You have to let a child know misbehavior won't be tolerated, much less ignored. That's what the mental health community in America, they started saying in the late 60s, I was in graduate school, oh, just ignore bad behavior. It'll stop. No, it won't. No, it won't. And furthermore. It can't be ignored. It's annoying. It sometimes is infuriating. But although it's annoying and infuriating, you must not act like it is annoying and infuriating. You must act like the adult in the room, and you must do so with calm determination. For more on all that, I recommend. Yes, this is a uh, a disgraceful self promotion. I recommend The Well-Behaved Child by yours truly. It's a book that's chock full of ways to let a child know that misbehavior will not be allowed. And it is on sale at my website, ParentGuru or JohnRoseman.com, one or the other or both of them. The Younger a Child Realizes... In other words, the younger a child is when he realizes that you're not going to tolerate bad behavior, the better for all concerned, child included. Allow me to give an analogy. You don't let a six-month-old puppy pee in your house and say and do nothing, do you? No. I mean, I'm going to describe to you how we, my wife and I, a house-trained Hannah in, you know, three or four days. No, you don't let a six-month-old puppy pee in your house and say and do nothing. Actually, you don't let a four-month-old puppy do that. You don't let a three-month-old puppy do it. You let the three-month-old puppy know peeing in the house will not be tolerated. You don't have to beat the puppy, jump up and down and scream, act like a lunatic. All you need to do is calmly bring the puppy to the scene of the crime and say no in a firm voice, then take the puppy to the back door, go outside with him, wait until he pees and praise him for it. Several repetitions of that and the puppy, three months old, gets it. Folks, human children are smarter than puppies. The problem, however, is that puppies... Do not harbor a rebellious spirit, and human beings do. The battle cry of the young human being, the terrible two, is, You can't tell me what to do, or You're not the boss of me. I tried to make that sound as demonic as I could. And so, whereas the puppy gets it in a few days, the human child is likely to fight it you've got to win that battle. You got to win it from the beginning. And you can't win it if you're jumping up and down, screaming and acting like a lunatic. You win the battle by being confident, calm, purposeful. Most of the parents I end up talking with about behavior problems they're having with their kids tell me they did not win those battles from the very beginning. They jumped up and down and acted like lunatics and accomplished nothing, or they made excuses for their children like, he's only two, and he really didn't mean it, and the snowball grew into an avalanche, and everyone in the family, by the time the parents come to me, is caught up in the avalanche in one way, shape, or form, and they want me to get them out. Over the years, I've gotten pretty good, in fact, at helping people extract themselves from avalanches of that sort, but the pain of getting caught up in an avalanche of that sort could have been avoided, had the parents simply understood that if you give a human child an inch, the inch becomes a mile in no time at all, and at that point, the child is off and running and all bets are off. And that folks is a wrap you've been listening to because i said so with your host john roseman look up my Substack. look up my uh, uh what do they call them websites <laughs> and folks above all else play oh please please if you enjoyed this and i hope you did because i did Uh, And if I do Then there is an increased likelihood That you will of course If I don't the opposite is true Um, Anyway Please tell your friends And join us again And in the meantime keep on rocking in the free world Because folks If we don't keep rocking it We're in grave danger Of losing it Merry Christmas Y'all